so, so much of the stuff that I do with dogs is like very transitional into like other areas of your life. I think the same with humans when humans be, behave nastily to, towards <laughs> me. I'm not just like bad human and like, you know, we can't go around like throat punching people and slapping them. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, Heidi. Here we are again on Let's Boop Snoots. Mm. So what have you been up to? Oh my goodness. We've been up to a variety of different things. A lot with the Dogos, of course. I can't rem- remember mm-hmm. if I told our, our uh, engaged audience here or not, but Gibbon got porcupined. Not sure if we spoke about that or not. I can't remember if I think we did. like very, very briefly mentioned it. Yeah, watch watch your animals yeah. around the pointy guys, people, because it's it's an expensive bill. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks very painful. Yeah, so yowzas. We can talk about some of those things. Like that might be a good idea for another episode. But uh, today, what we were going to talk about is um, the development of doggies from puppies to adults, and some of the myths and some of the recommendations from a variety of different people and just sort of talking through the different phases that they go through. Yes. So what happens? Like what is happening with those little pups once they're born? They go through different stages and different things happen during those stages. Uh, So once the puppies are born, they are in the neonatal stage. So from zero to two weeks, uh, they are in that stage and their little eyes are closed, and their little ears are sealed, and they only really have a sense of touch and smell. And they don't have antibodies, so they they are very, very vulnerable, um, and also they cannot regulate their body temperature. So that's why they're always, like, huddled huddled together to keep warm or huddled near mom. Like a bunch of penguins. Um, and this is <laughs> yeah, a bunch of penguins. Do they huddle? They do huddle. They all huddle together Ooh. to keep warm in the Arctic cold. Ooh. Mm. I find puppies at that stage too, they look like little skin bags. So like, even if like you had like, (laughs) they're kind of, it's kind of, it's such a mean thing to say. I can remember when I had my kids, I I told my friends, I said, you you need to tell me if my baby's ugly because I need to know if a mother's love is truly blind. But like when we were waiting for Gibbs, I remember seeing like the newborn pups and they, they're like these little like (laughs) skin bags. (laughs) wriggly wriggling around i feel like you're gonna say something else <laughs> <laughs> they just well, i remember so... when i worked um in Kelowna mm-hmm. in the operating room it was like my first time doing like assisting with c-sections and i used to tell my friends like in Kelowna, i'm like these babies come out and they look like potatoes yes so every time like every time a baby would come out during a c-section in my head i'd be like congratulations you've got yourself a potato (laughs) (laughs) yeah and these are like little like baby potatoes the puppies they're like little the like mini potatoes (laughs) yeah it's funny because right when i said neonatal stage i almost asked you do you think they're actually cute at that stage but i didn't no because you can't even recognize like what breed it is like really like they're like no like they're like brand new different colors (laughs) We should we should we should throw a photo up of like a like a brand new batch of potatoes. Yes. <laughs> Here's like a blonde potato, a brown potato, <laughs> golden Yukon potato, <laughs> a russet oh. potato. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and they do mostly eat and sleep during that stage, just like newborn babies. Yeah, like any babies. Yes. And then they enter the transitional stage, which is from two to three weeks. So their little eyes open, their ears open. Uh, they start making a little barks and little growling noises, and they start playing with each other and crawling. It's almost like they're swimming. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen like little puppies or like swimming um, and they start exploring their surroundings. And then they enter the socialization stage, which is a very important stage, which is from three to seven weeks. So this is when um, the breeder should start introducing like new sights and new sounds because later on uh, we'll talk about uh, a fear period and the more sounds and sights and new like terrains and socialization that you do during the three to seven weeks, the easier that fear period will be. Because like when you, you when you when you talk about like so we're like what as you're talking about this like and what you you see and what you can expose them to and stuff like that that's like in a very controlled environment right like we're talking is, breeders yeah. and and people who are caring for animals and stuff like that but like like again how I always say the uh, our phones are listening to us I constantly get these videos like in my feeds of like rescue pups and they rescue like pregnant oh. moms that have puppies like in a ditch somewhere and it, it kind of when you when you're talking about like what their socialization and what they're exposed to during this 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 time frame affects them for the rest of their lives I remember like with humans there's a saying and it says like the years before five last the rest of their lives and it's mm -hmm. probably the same for this uh phase with dogs as well yeah. so you see so like I wonder how breeders go about exposing to them as much as possible like I was saying to Vero earlier do they like go around honking horns around like <laughs> these like <laughs> tiny puppies being like bah <laughs> like you know slamming not, doors yeah well, slamming doors like, some sounds and I think yeah. they put different toys with like different textures um, yeah and like, I'm trying to because I still have like a my slide and yeah yeah a wobble board where they try to like stand on it oh yeah and it moves around and stuff like that so that yeah yeah and yeah, it yeah, helps yeah. with their coordination mm -hmm. I still I have that my... sort of stuff I think so too because like I still have my breeder on my Facebook page and whenever they have like a batch of puppies like the, they constantly post videos and they're like oh their first time outside and their first time this and oh here's them like uh mm -hmm. like eating kibble for the first time and it so they post videos and I've seen one where they have like a ver like towels and a couple of different toys and like a couple of different textures like of, of ground like you know what I mean like fluffy mm -hmm. and yeah stuff like that so that's probably a good part of it mm -hmm. yeah I wonder if they do play sounds I mean it's probably a good idea I I would think so too and even like going back to when I had Gibbs as a puppy like again like I was huge on the training and the socialization and exposing him to stuff like you know once he was older but the only thing that ever like totally freaked him out and and again you don't think of, you can't think of everything that's going to be like a part of your household or your lifestyle like down right. the road but um my older son came home from school where he was taking music class for the first time and chose the trombone and man did that ever freak him <laughs> out he was like oh. What, what is that <laughs> he was just like but he was it, it, but he wasn't scared like he like he definitely it caught him off guard and he did like the head tilt but like from very far away Aww. and would like definitely like jump back he was taken aback by it but like once he saw us like all like laughing and like and you know Ronan who he loves so much is like 
touching this thing, making the very loud <laughs> honking sound. You know, he was almost like confused, scared. It was like really cute to watch. And then eventually, what he, is he, that? yeah, he, he was totally fine with it. So. Oh, I remember Wiggum being outside during a thunderstorm. Oh, man. And there was, was lightning he- and thunder. And all he did was like, he just like looked up to the sky for like two <laughs> seconds. And I was like, okay, what is his reaction going to be? And then he just looked down and like kept doing whatever he was doing. And I was like, whew. <laughs> Phew. Yeah, because my parents had a golden retriever. Her name was Sandy. And she knew when a storm was coming. Oh, yeah. Like an hour or two before you could see her like she was just pacing and then she was trying to dig like in the carpet in the corner. I don't know. She's trying to like hide. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Burrow or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when that lightning struck and the thunder and Wiggum just really didn't do anything, I was very happy. Yes. Excellente. Um, So socialization stage. So, yeah, it lasts from three to seven weeks. Uh, They become more playful, start introducing new sights and new sounds. They start teething um, and they can start eating blended food. So they'll put kibbles and water into a blender and they can start eating that. And yeah, so they can start playing with new toys and objects to develop coordination. And they start to urinate and defecate on their own. So they don't need their mommy. Although I was watching a video of uh, puppies playing outside and the mom was playing with them. And they were maybe about like seven weeks old. And you can see a puppy like squatting on the asphalt Mm -hmm. to urine. And the Mm -hmm. mommy was like just right behind the puppy, just like licking it after cleaning it up. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying before, like when they're little, that like when the moms are licking them constantly for anybody who's seen like videos of moms with their pups, it's to stimulate the urinating and defecating, right? Yes. Yas. Yas. Yeah. And the moms so just like around like eat it. three to four weeks. They don't need that anymore. Yeah. I would think the mom would be very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, th- I don't think they're the, like, I think it's a lot of like, mammals do this like i think pigs are the same and and, and stuff like that like a lot of them thank god not humans can you imagine (laughs) imagine if we did that (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't have to eat for weeks (laughs) (laughs) save on the grocery bill like in that case this is getting gross i'll stop (laughs) (laughs) only have to buy for the one person (laughs) um and then they go the four to six weeks period, which is still in the socialization stage. So their little personalities and their temperament starts to show. Um, They still sleep a lot. They need their mom a lot less because the, her milk production is becoming less and less. So they spend less and less time with her pups. Uh, They eat more solid food. So what they do, they'll put the kibbles um, just in water without blending them. And then they soften up and they can start eating that. And um, they're in the middle of their dewarming, um, dewarming, dewarming stage, but dewarming phase. So they're in the middle of their dewarming phase. So they give uh, dewarming meds for the potential worms that could have been passed down from the mom's milk. Um, And that dewarming phase lasts from two weeks old to eight weeks old. And when they reach about seven weeks, they should be weaned off the mom's milk completely. So this is like an important phase because 
if the pups are removed from their mother during these stages, like during the three to, well, during from like birth to seven weeks, they can start developing behavioral issues like aggression, um, aggression towards humans, dog reactivity, strong nipping, because the mom is there to correct those issues. And those are issues that maybe if the dog is now with a human might not be recognized and corrected. So there's still some things that need to be corrected by the mom at that point. And then from eight to 10 weeks, uh, they enter the human socialization stage. And this is where that fear period starts. The puppies start to be afraid of new things. So like I said, uh, the more things that were introduced to them during that three to seven weeks, the smoother this phase is going to go. And if there's any traumatic experience during that phase, apparently like that experience um, can become a lifelong problem and have an impact on the puppy's personality. When you hear like of a dog that's like aggressive, like you take them home and they grow to be this aggressive dog for no reason, um, maybe something happened during that fear period. Exactly. Or even like with, with um, the weird behaviors that you get uh, from rescues, right? Like car, yeah. car horns may like totally set them off or like, you know, uh, the, the mailman comes and makes a loud noise when he uh, flicks the mail into the house and it just like scares the crap out of them. So that could be where a lot of these stem from. And like an- another thing I wanted to say when you were saying like when you remove the mom away because she corrects a lot of the behavior, I'd, like I'm not sure if there's a lot of like Caesar Milan fans out, out there and my mom dropped off a book and it might be something for us to like read and, and uh, review like on Ooh. another episode. But I, I remember him having this move where it's like you... um you put your all of your fingers together and you go like and you get them in the back of the neck and i wonder if oh, th- yeah. like that's where he gets that move from is like that's sort okay. of what the mom does right like she nips at them in the back of the neck as in like no that's like her communication for and and again even when Ooh. we spoke about leashes and stuff like that and how i don't know if you remember me saying the leash placement yes. on the neck is very important for communicating with them. And I think that all stems back to you, just like all mammals, your childhood. Tell me about your childhood, <laughs> doggy. <laughs> you know, maybe we should be. That's interesting. Yeah, I never thought yeah. of that. Tell me about your childhood. Yeah. Kevin. Oh, <laughs> lie down on the couch. <laughs> they got that down. Close Pat. your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, on their backs. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then what else? (laughs) Oh, yeah, they enter the seniority classification stage. um, And this is where they try to figure out who the boss is and they'll test your personality. And this is where their personality becomes fully developed. At which, sorry, Um, from which week to which week? Which weeks are they for that? 12, 12 to 16 weeks. Okay. Yeah. And apparently they have a second fear period, which (laughs) seems very long. And I've researched it and I found this answer in a few sites where it's like from six to 18 months. So really, until your dog is like a year and a half, if they have some like traumatic, traumatic experience, it might become something that affects them for the rest of their lives. I remember when I was training Gibbs and talking to a bunch of different people and I was out socializing him a lot and stuff like that. And your training comes along very nicely. I remember people, I can't remember who talking to me about, 
um, a phase that they go through sort of like a teenager phase where they kind of forget some of their training. So they said, don't be surprised if like, you know, they've been, you know, nailing like a sit stay for like a prolonged period of time. And then all of a sudden they're not listening to you anymore. It's sort of like, and that could be what this is. The about. terrible either, twos. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of two things. And maybe it could be like a fear thing, like maybe something like caught them off guard and it's like a fear thing, or maybe it's like a, okay, all right, we're getting to know each other. And now I'm going to test yes. your boundaries. Yeah. I'm not, I'm I'm not sure doing what you like... tell me. <laughs> you're not you're not my mom <laughs> you're not my mom <laughs> yeah um what was I gonna say oh yeah wake up when he was like a very small puppy he was I was walking him and he was like attacked by this wiener dog oh god and like he drew blood <gasps> and I remember yeah I was like oh my god <laughs> Oh my god. And Wiggum, like not he wasn't like super afraid, but he mm-hmm. had this like I couldn't care less about yeah. wiener dogs. Like if he was he was walking, like he was always happy to go like greet another dog and like sniff them and you know mm-hmm. he'd give them like kisses. But if it was like a wiener dog, he'd be like, ugh. Almost yeah. like this like disgusted look. <laughs> Ooh, one of you. You guys are jerks. So that like that had an impact on him. Yeah. Yeah. I and I would say like um so my mother-in-law has a mini doodle named Gracie. Mm. Um she's she's a lovely dog. She's doing agility training right now, but I think it got canceled due to second wave COVID stuff. But anyways, we'll see how she, but anyways, um, my mother-in-law walks her every day around the neighborhood and she was attacked last week by a large shepherdy oh, no. like looking dog. Like it was <gasps> like, um, my mother-in-law will always say to the oncoming like dog walker as well, are you okay if I let her off leash or do you, or you know what I mean? Like you sort of like test it out with people and stuff like that. So they were said, they said, yeah, no problem or whatever. She let her off leash. The dog came over and then on the turn of a dime, this dog just like grabbed her. It, it, it growled and it escalated really quickly. And then she, so the other, it, luckily it dissipated as quickly as it started, but uh, Gracie was afraid of any big dogs coming along. So like uh, on that same walk, my mother-in-law made sure to go and greet another large dog. Like you almost want to get them right back on the horse again, because it can leave. Right, if that's yeah. the last like experience that they had. So same thing, like if the, you know, not that there's going to be another wiener dog coming along right away with, with Wiggum or anything like that. But if you knew like some, <laughs> somebody yeah. else with one, or you saw another small dog, even like approaching, I would be like, Hey, we just had this like nasty experience. Would you mind if we socialized our dogs a little bit? get him sort of back on the horse so that he's not like you know terrified you see these big dogs like literally cower from like chihuahuas and stuff because (laughs) they can be aggressive but um (laughs) exposing them to that thing so that it's not a lasting effect on them I think is like an important thing when dealing with anything anything that they're fear fearful of you know what I mean like when the trombone came home for forgiven and I saw him react to that we kind of laughed because it's 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 funny watching it's fun to watch your dog like develop and socialize and be exposed to all these different things right and um but I made sure that night like 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 I immediately afterwards put the leash on him 
and held him like in a sit stay while Ronan um, blew the trombone. And then, and like over the next few nights, then again, it was nothing. Ronan would go upstairs, practice his trombone and Gibbon wouldn't even like. Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah. So just, just a little, a little chat there on the fear part. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like if you have a bad experience, then try to expose them to that same kind of like setting, mm-hmm. but to have a good experience so that they can, they can see that, 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 that and is if, fine. And if they're bonded with you and you've been doing the work and stuff like that, they trust you. Right. So they know that they if do. you're yes. exposing them to this like loud honking sand over and over again, it's probably okay because you haven't steered them wrong yet. Right. Yes. But, as long uh, as your reaction is like, shows yeah. them that it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm happy we went through all these like these like little puppy stages because I think it just highlights how delicate and how delicate they're like physically they are, but also emotionally like it can definitely impact their emotional makeup personality if um, they have it some negative experience during that time. And I think it just also highlights the importance of you shouldn't get a puppy from a breeder unless that puppy is at least eight weeks old. Yeah. Because even after seven weeks, those like behaviors that the mom is there to correct that she recognizes that a human wouldn't um, is very important. And they say even like you should probably not get a puppy until they're 12 weeks. But I think most breeders, it's eight weeks. Uh, yeah, any breeder that I've ever heard of is eight weeks. And if anybody's giving you a puppy earlier than that, then that's like a red a, flag. Red flag. <laughs> red flag. Breeder, red is. flag. <laughs> Breed, yeah, big time red flag for a breeder. And um, again, mm-hmm. if you're buying off of Kijiji or anything like that, it's important to keep them with their moms until they're at least seven to eight weeks old. And, yes. um, but oh, also, I can't wait to get my puppy. Oh, I know. You're going to be so cute. Oh, it's so um, cute. But, little um, potato. Your little, little potato. golden Yukon. Yes. <laughs> He'll be nice and fluffy by yeah. the time I get him, though. But, oh, big time. The nice, big, fluffy potatoes. But, um, Ooh, I should mention that. I really, I seriously considered adopting a golden retriever over oh, yeah. the last week. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Yes, I called them. Yes. <laughs> yes. His name Z? <laughs> Z. Yeah. But he was already like in the process of being adopted. Oh, my God. He is so Which, cute. Oh, he was adorable. Like he uh, was adorable. Big yeah. time. Even though like a little voice inside of me was like, this is not the right time. You probably shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, he was yeah. he was pretty freaking cute. Um, yes. And another thing about talking about those different phases too, that is important, like, again, like breeder versus rescue, when you when you think about it is like when you're rescuing, um, to know the history of where your dog comes from. And if you're getting from an organization where they're providing you with like this big long history about, you know, this is where they were found, or this is like, what happened, they came from a household where this and this and this happened, like the more they can tell you about their background, um, the more it's going to help you, uh, know where some of these behaviors are coming from predict what me what behaviors may come come from your dog as well and uh again if like whether you're 
um, rescuing or uh, getting from a breeder and your dog develops these behaviors, it's good to be conscious of like, yes, what were they exposed to? Oh, yeah, did he have that experience? Maybe I should be exposing him to that a little bit more. And it sort of steers where you go with your training. So when you're seeing behaviors that you don't like, um, it's it again, like I, I, so, so much of the stuff that I do with dogs is like very transitional into like other areas of your life. I think the same with humans when humans be, behave nastily to, towards <laughs> me. I'm not just like bad human and like, you know, we can't go around like throat punching people and slapping them. <laughs> but I always think of like, why? Like, why are they behaving this way? Always like take yeah. a moment and think like, okay, why is my dog behaving this way? Hmm, could it be this? Could it be that? Uh, maybe I should try this and maybe I should try that. It changes it like you're it's this back and forth between the two of you because you got to live with this pooch, you know, and mm-hmm. you got to make it you got to make it as uh, as good as possible. And yes, the one last thing that I will say is that you you talked about this sort of like their 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 childhood and adolescence. And um, there's this big myth out there, and Vero and I were talking about this before, about how when a dog turns two, they're like an adult and that resolves all of your issues and they're so much better when they turn to you and <laughs> like like it's gonna like fix everything for you and and although they do become adults at that point and the hormones are uh not developing as much and they do start to calm down it their behaviors definitely do change and all the dogs that I've had too was definitely like yeah when they started to mature a bit more um but if you don't have a good base of training and, and a good connection with them, it it's not going to resolve all, all your issues. So total myth of like when a dog turns to you, they become the perfect dog. I would like to yeah, just throw no. that out If you there. don't do the training and the hard work from the start. Two is not your magic. Ain't going to go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's still going to It just becomes last. like more and more ingrained probably and harder and harder to correct that behavior well, the, exactly. longer, the longer the longer you leave that. it unaddressed yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure and like I just it, wanted yeah sorry go ahead so it's kind of like a side note about the golden retriever rescue um association yeah talk I about ca- that yeah I did call them and so this um dog named Z was already um getting adopted but they did say that on their website, they don't put a profile up for every dog um, that is available. So if you are looking at rescuing a golden retriever and you're looking at the Golden Rescue website, they have more dogs than they actually advertise. So oh, the lady okay. said the best thing to do is to just fill out an application. Okay. Because they might have one available. Yeah. Did you, did you, yeah. did you look at their application process as it was, was it more of I the did detailed not. ones? Oh, okay. I did not. But what were these issues probably... again? Um, he had behavioral like aggression issues with other dogs mm-hmm. and he had guarding, but they were mm-hmm. apparently working on the drop it command, which was apparently helping and he was getting better with the aggression behavior so I, I kind of wanted to ask them more questions about it. Like, what level of aggression is it? Because in his profile, it said that he should probably, like, f- for now, not live with another dog in the house. Mm-hmm. A dog or a cat. So I was kind of wondering, like, what level of aggression 
does he have or they think he has. Yeah. But yeah. He's getting yeah. adopted, which is good. That is Yay good. Z. Good for Z. Woohoo. Good for Z. Um, so uh, again, talking about puppies and developing puppies. Uh, one thing puppies. that Vero and I talked about really quickly, and I still feel like I have to do a bit more research, so maybe it's something we can post in our fluff stuff. But um, mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about when to neuter or spay your dog. Lots and of controversy on that. There is lots, lots of controversy because I think, so I think like just from everything that I've read so far, and again, I didn't talk to my vet and I, and I can't 100% remember what my breeder suggested, but I think that when you go into it, you need to um, know more specifically about how it relates to your breed and size like of dog and what you plan to do with your dog. Because um, some people, like when you when you uh, Google search it, it says that they will, um, what was the amount of weeks again? Sorry. That they will neuter some of them as early as? Five weeks. Five weeks. That is early. Yep. Whereas, but then when I looked up like, you know, when to neuter your large breed dog or whatever, it, it says it recommends for them between nine and 15 months. So usually like around a year. So I think the things to take into consideration is the hormone development. And I remember somebody saying to me that you want them to fully go through their hormone development period, especially if it's like a larger dog, like my, my dog, um, Gibbon Zivai Marana, um, has is prone to hip dysplasia and that sort of thing so you want the hormones to develop their muscle around their hip bones making it a bit stronger so that it it makes them less likely to develop uh hip dysplasia and i'm sure there's a variety of other benefits to that to more breed specific diseases like uh later on in their lives so i would be knowledgeable about what type of breed you have, even if it's like a mix, like rescue or whatever, what two mixes they have, I would like look up what those are and what some of the risky things are later on in life. I would ask your vet, depending on who they are, and ask a couple of different organizations uh, in your area what, the, what they recommend. Because I know that the big thing with humane societies and with veterinarians is they want to control the animal population, right? Like there's tons of strays, there's tons of dogs, there's all yes. these animals out there with no homes and like uh, all these rescue videos that I watch every day on, on my feed. I can't help it. It's just so rewarding. They're I just know. so sad when they're like out in a field somewhere and then like they take them home and they go to their forever home and then you see like they show the before and after the one where they're like terrified and like diseased and, and like and horribly so skinny after. and then they're like yeah so full and all of their fur grows back and they're like oh they're so beautiful and it just like brings a tear to your eye you're just like yes puppy yes <laughs> you've got your forever home but anyways um so yes there's you know so there's that fine line between um letting your animal develop fully to contra like con contraindicate the diseases they might be exposed to due to their breed and such things versus the whole animal control thing so if like you're not going to fix your dog until they're like two years of age or whatever then you really got to be careful when you take them to parks and stuff like that because you don't want them making babies nope nope so mm. you kind of think about like humans can you imagine 
like a human baby at the age of like, let's say five years old would get their like testicles removed or their like ovaries and uterus, like how that would affect their growth. Yeah. And their development. Yeah. Strange. So, yeah. And uh, if like if they're neutered and spayed too early, it reduces like the sex hormones that is required for normal bone growth so apparently um when neutered when fixed too early the growth plates close later which allows the bones to grow longer so you'll get like a a dog that's not proportion uh longer legs just longer bones and then those dogs are prone to like orthopedic disorders like hip dysplasia like you'll hear like probably especially golden retrievers and Labrador retrievers, that's um that's something that often affects them. And again, like you said earlier, Vero is just thinking about what you're going to do with your dog. So if you're going to have like a working dog that's like pulling stuff or carrying stuff like a rescue, or you're going to have a dog that's competing like in agility and it's doing a lot of the jumping and running, or you're going to have a secu- security dog that's scaling fences, you want that that bone growth there and that bone development because you don't want to be running to the vet every time, right? Like it's, it could make them more prone to breaks or who knows, like uh, arthritis. I remember poor, poor Scrappy had the arthritis in his final years there. It was like so sad oh. to watch. Every, every time he went to stand up, it was like a, Oh. Uh, we'd be like come on scrappy you can do it <laughs> you can do it scrappy you can do it and we'd be like ah would stand up and like go get him give it a couple scraps. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah so one website here it said like so for dogs while the traditional age for neutering is six to nine months puppies as young as eight weeks can be neutered as long as they're healthy no it's like that seems to be i don't like, believe in that no, and that's from like an SBCA place, right? Where their like goal goals and missions are yeah. to control like animal population. Yeah. Oh, for you sure. Know? I mean, there is an overpopulation, and like one of the like only solutions right now is to spay or neuter those dogs, like yeah. in animal shelters. Um, I watched a YouTube video with Dr. Becker. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who's listened to previous um, episodes, Dr. Becker was featured on the Pet Fooled documentary that we spoke about. I think it was mm-hmm. maybe episode f- four. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Anyways, um, she was talking about her experience. So she said that she worked at an animal shelter when she was 13 years old, um, where they spayed and neutered uh, dogs, but then also where they like had to euthanize dogs and then they'd receive dogs from like unwanted dogs from families or just dogs that they would find on the street. Um, And then she started her practice as a vet. And because of that experience that she had when she was younger, she recommended to pet owners to spay and neuter their dogs and cats at an early age because of this like ethical dilemma that she had. Um, And she said it took about five years and then she starts seeing a lot of pet, a a lot of pets coming in with like endocrine issues. So like 
Um, endocrine issues is like those, the glands in your body that secrete hormones. So a lot of like hypothyroidism um, and Cushing's disease, which is adrenal glands. Um, and that just really like, she, she almost like starts crying during the YouTube videos because she's like, my decisions as a doctor made those pets sick. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now she's like totally against spaying and neutering unless it's like animal shelters and like they're trying to control the population. But she's like, if you are a responsible pet owner, then those, she's, she goes on and on about like, there's no reason why you would have to spay or neuter your, your dog. But don't the females like go into heat? Like, uh, how long does that happen for? Because, like, you see these, like, doggy diapers. I remember I had a friend whose mom used to um, breed Basenjis. And I remember going to her house and, like, mm-hmm. the females, like, wearing diapers and stuff. I was like, why are your dogs wearing <laughs> diapers? And it's because, so- like, <laughs> you don't want that mess yeah. all over your house, right? Nasty. So they go into heat only once or twice a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she said, like, Dr. Becker was talking about it, and I read about Mm -hmm. it online, too, where it's, like, they keep themselves, like, pretty clean. Like, there's not much of a mess. Mm -hmm. And it lasts about, I think, two weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah. She said there's only – I mean, she's, like, they're not, like, bleeding all the time. It's only, like, here and there. But she said there's only about, like, three, four days where they can actually – um, get pregnant oh okay but she's like do not let your dog outside <laughs> no loose even in a fenced yard see and again like because when... all of those male doggos will be at the fence <laughs> trying to get in <laughs> my milkshake brings all the dogs to the yard <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i find it's like i and i get that like is that is that statement true Yes. When can you apply it to people living in a city like the like not everybody are, are as passionate as she is about what she does, right? Like if I was like a veterinarian, Correct. I'm sure I would be handling my animals like much different. Just like when you like learn about anything and you're passionate about anything, you know all there is to know and you're very responsible around whatever area you may be. My husband is a teacher. He's a great teacher. He's very passionate about teaching. He knows everything about teaching and does an excellent job teaching his 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 uh, his kids. It's like anyone. But if if I'm wanting to teach my kids something, I'm not going to be Im- implementing all of like the, the I don't have that knowledge base, like the same as his. Right. And and at the same time, like I'm yeah. not going to depending on what I'm teaching to who to who I'm not going to invest that much time getting to know all there is about it. You know, it's just like anything in our lives. So um is that like I like I said? Is that statement true? For sure. If you're a responsible pet owner, you, there's no need to fix them. But <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about the general public, as we've seen with COVID, you're gonna get a you know, and anyone from somebody who's super not knowledgeable to somebody who is an expert, and the way that they practice and go about their day to day life is going to be different. 
And it's the same mm-hmm. with pet ownership. So you can't expect people to like not spay their animals and take care of them because I went to uh, a dog Correct. park twice this weekend where everybody like that's all anybody has to do during COVID, right? So there was like a ton of dogs there, a lot of them running loose, a lot of them running away from where their owners can't see them. And if all of them were not spayed or neutered, <laughs> there goes the animal population like thing, right? Like... And yeah. Uh, yes, and so on and so forth. So like if you live in a big, beautiful house like she does out in the country where your dogs are not exposed to like yes. anyone else except for the dogs that you have, then 100% like don't spay your dog and like go for it. But when you live in a yeah. city where most people do in condos and stuff and they're going to these fenced in dog parks where they're exposed to like I can remember when my dad used yeah. to take or doggy walking. daycare doggy daycare you want like they they have to be to even go into some of those places right like they they need the rabies and they need to be neutered or spayed so she was talking about one of her dogs that she rescued it was a male dog um not neutered and she said he was like marking his territory at every corner of every piece of furniture in the house Mm mm-hmm yeah and humping (laughs) humping everything do you know what like when i was looking up like the whole spay and neuter thing there was like one thing that talked about like mounting and like and humping and stuff like that and that's another huge reason for people like i can remember before we got scraps like fixed it was with very specific people that came to my house he would hump their legs and i was like no (laughs) does becky hump nope no nope but um, My- no, I've, I've never seen Becky hump, but we, and <laughs> I, I almost like I was going to bring it up for this episode and I don't know whether we should post it or not because it is quite like <laughs> graphic, but we, <laughs> we were dog sitting, <laughs> we were dog sitting for one of my husband's friends at work and they had this chocolate lab named Scamp. <laughs> they brought what was the name? Scamp. His name was Scamp and boy was okay. he ever a scamp. So they brought him over with his bed. Oh, I remember that dog. Yes, you remember that dog. And <laughs> yes. so we're like the, the the Matt's friend, my husband's friend, who we were dog sitting for, never made any mention of it at all. So he drops off Scamp <laughs> with his food and his leash and his like dog bed or whatever. And like within a couple of hours, Scamp takes his bed, he folds it in half and just goes to town humping this thing and this was like a pastime of his that like we had no idea and Becky like hated it so I have a video where he's like literally like giving it all he's got to the bed and Becky is sitting there with this like total like biatch look on her face like she's like make him stop make him stop and then she finally loses it and she's like she like snaps at him like she didn't bite him or anything like that but she like gave this like super snarly like bark growl at him and then he stopped and she was just like oh finally <laughs> i have a video sounds on like scamp needs some therapy <laughs> yes i think so so that like you know just like any dog has their personalities and stuff like that that was just like one of like scamp's little quirks and um yeah my kids just thought it was next level hilarious whereas i was like <laughs> oh my god disgusting scam come on yeah <laughs> becky was not a fan she was not a fan of scamp's little hobby there yeah 
Yeah. Uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll take like a screenshot of the look on her face while while Scamp is. Yes. And maybe we can post that because <laughs> like I said, yes. it's a little graphic. <laughs> we don't want to put up, have to put up disclaimers like on our website and podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, man, that's good. That's good stuff. All right. Um, so coming back to spay mm-hmm. and neuter, my personal opinion is that there's no reason for anybody to get their dog fixed when they're eight weeks old. Yeah. Like there's really no reason, even six months. Mm-hmm. So I know with Wiggum, I think I waited until he was almost a year. Yeah. Same, same with uh, Gibbs. Yeah. And I'm going to do the same with, with my next one. Like Wiggum never had any, uh, growth issues or like bone disorder or orthopedic disorders maybe hoping even longer than a year so we'll see we will see but I think if you can stick it out for as long as possible um at least a year then I think and I I think think and I think for females they I think they say to wait until they've had their first um Yes. In in heat period. And again, like that's like a yeah. good marker for that their hormones are like up and running and have been doing a little bit of work and that might be a correct a good sign to go fix your dog. Cause I can remember having that discussion, like, when do you fix dogs? And like everybody had a different answer. But what made sense to me is like a, a, yes, around like a year. Let let them develop, let the hormones kick in, do their job, it let them develop their muscles and like all the important things that have to happen in their body. But again, that was with like a larger breed dog and maybe it's different for someone that's a bit smaller in what you're gonna be doing with your dog. But um look into it get people's opinions pull it all together at the end of the day and like and and make a decision make a decision hmm lots of decisions decisions lots of decisions (laughs) in dog ownership (laughs) yes all right is that all for today i think yes all right well we'll see you next week on let's boop snoots on let's boop snoots Toodaloo! Bye-bye.